On today's podcast, we have Valeria and Marina. Marina's back. In fact, she was one of our earlier podcasts, but Valeria is new to the panel. And in this student conversation, it's amazing how similar these two paths are and how yet these people have always been close in space, at least in my classroom. Um, they didn't actually get a chance to meet each other until today, but they've been fueled by Southern Hemisphere passion. And that'll make more sense when you hear it on their way to Ryerson. And as they continue their studies, they share with us some of their more candid experiences so far. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So please lean in to this conversation with Marina and Valeria. All right, everybody, welcome back to the pod. Today we have a student panel. One student was on a previous podcast, so we'll be checking in with her, and the other student is new to the pod. So let's start with uh, Marina, you've been here before. Tell us, welcome to the pod, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Marina. I guess what you'd want to know about me is that I'm going into third year of biomedical science, and that's, I suppose that's about it. (laughs) And you are... I guess that's good enough. We'll stop there. <laughs> I, I knew that, but, but yeah. Okay, so Valeria, Valeria, tell us about yourself. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Uh, well, I guess I should start off by saying my program. So I would be second year biomed going into my third year. Uh, if you want to know anything else about me, I really like, what is it, yoga. And I love, love music. I've been trying to make some ah. for fun. And I've been trying to get better at my guitar because it's just been sitting there for the longest time. It's okay. We're going to come into all those things in our hobby section a little bit later on. Actually, Larry, you have the, um, it's actually maybe, maybe it's interesting to you. It's certainly interesting to me. You are the first name in organic. I remember. Oh, thank you. Do you, do, <laughs> is, do, 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 do you know why? Specific reason? No. Yeah, it was a specific reason. So during our very first quiz, there was a mistake. And you know how I always say, no questions, nobody asks anything. You know, if there's a mistake, we'll fix it later. And people don't realize why I do that because it just creates chaos. Anyway, you put your hand up. You were the one who caught the mistake. Nobody else seemed to notice the mistake during the entire class. And you said, I think it was when you looked at me, it was just like, how do, what do I do here? Like, how, how come? And then I remember said, just saying, like I always do, just do the best you can because I didn't want to cause any, any scene or confusion. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember the kind of the disgust look on your face as you put your head back down to continue because <laughs> you knew that you, you, there was, it was a mistake. Anyway, um, I remember that very clearly. And so obviously the first thing I do is like, who is this person? Because I, I like when I, when I look on the quiz, so as soon as you handed in, I remembered your name and then I remembered from that moment on. So it's not, it I didn't affect you. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, 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 exactly. I have a bad I, I poker face. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's not, I, I was the one who made the mistake. You caught it. I just, it was one of those things where normally I don't make mistakes. And so this one was like right off the draw, like the first time quiz. And I was like, fuck. And I just remember walking to the words, the aisle where I could go up to check on other people. And I was just under my breath the entire time. I was just like, <laughs> very first quiz right and someone caught it <laughs> anyway so anyway i just i felt bad but you, in the moment, i thought fault. that i was wrong probably yeah you probably did but yeah. but you weren't anyway, good job catching go that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't even, I, I didn't even remember that yeah cool. i know a lot of people you get yeah I, I think it's cool how what we choose to remember from from moments that we share and that's why we do this podcast because we get to share those moments and and, and now it's in perpetuity, so people can keep on reviewing if they forget your story. <laughs> That's why I like to document things or take pictures and stuff, because I forget so much of my life that I don't want to lose those parts of myself, because all your memories make up who you are, but you forget so many of them. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I might start, start doing that now. I always feel inspired after interviewing people who are younger than me, who I think wouldn't often give me good advice, but you always do. Okay. All right. So that's our introduction. <laughs> Marina, let's talk about, let's talk about your uh, path to Ryerson. So um, where's hometown for you? Um, so I was, I have kind of a complicated journey. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I was born in South Africa in Johannesburg. And okay, let's go back to that. Let's stop there. Why? Where are your parents? <laughs> So my parents, so uh, my parents actually met there, but my dad is Bosnian. And so if you guys know anything about Yugoslavian history in the 
90s, there was a war and my dad was in his hometown was at the front lines of the war. So he was a refugee from there and South Africa happened to be the easiest place to get papers for to escape. So that's where my dad went. My mom, on the other hand, was from Serbia, which was the country at the front lines of my dad's hometown. And she left also because of the war. And she also happened to go to South Africa. So they met there. And that's why I was born there. That's that, okay. So first of all, you're right. I lived through that because I'm old enough to remember the, the breakup of the former Yugoslavia. And it was vicious. And so yep. it's amazing. Like in Bosnia, just so everyone you knows, that's the milk mixing spot. So the Sarajevo was in Bosnia, right? Yeah. It's like, it's the capital city. And so a lot of like different, and there, it, people don't realize too, there's a lot of ethnic and racial yep. divides in oh, that yeah. area, that part of the robot meeting point. And there was a lot of hate. And what was literally families were split apart because of ethnicity. And, and nobody saw this coming. It was like this weird powder keg where it became like, complete unrest so to hear that two people got found love in that time that then brought you into the world <laughs> that that's cool yeah i it's it's a it's a pretty interesting story for sure okay so okay so you're joburg uh to how old how old were you how long were you there so we moved when i was two because it's a, I don't know if you know much about Johannesburg, but my parents, my dad lived there for about 10 years and, you know, he lived there throughout uh, Nelson Mandela's election and everything. So he saw a lot there, but it was a pretty unsafe place crime wise. And it was just, a, there was just a lot of fear that my parents didn't want to have to raise their children in a place with that much like fear about crime and that kind of thing. So they decided to move and they moved to New Zealand because that's where my dad was running a business with a, someone he met in South Africa and they went on a business trip there and he just decided we're moving there. So I lived there in Auckland until I was about seven. And then- How much, um, how much of that do you remember? How much of that transition do you remember? Because you would have been pretty young. So I don't remember anything like about Johannesburg. I do remember a lot of New Zealand because it's pretty like distinct. Like if I have a memory, like it looks, it's a, looks like a very different place. So it's very easy to place it, it as yeah. like, oh, this happened between this and this age, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I have a lot of memories from New Zealand. It was a really wonderful place and I really like the ocean. So that was uh, really nice to have nearby. Yeah, and mountains too. Like it was very different than where you live right now. Oh, okay, it's so, beautiful. So, so you stayed in the southern hemisphere until you were seven. Then what happened? So New Zealand is pretty isolated. Like it's very south. It's very far from everything, um, like other yeah. countries. And my mom's sister has MS, and she lived in Serbia, and she wasn't doing very well. So it was very difficult for my mom to be so far away from her, and it was so expensive to visit. So my parents decided to move to Serbia, to Belgrade, so that we could help out my aunt and just be with her. So we lived there for, until I was almost 10. So I moved to Canada at the end of 2009, and I still don't have a citizenship, which is- Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Wow, <laughs> which is 2009. Yeah, it was almost like, like, like it's, it's been a long time. <laughs> so do you, do you, what citizenships do you hold? I have a New Zealand citizenship. Okay, so you're a New Zealand citizen. Okay, I'm so a Kiwi. Still, yeah, you are. Yeah, but you, but you, you say that with like sort of like a smile on your face because you, you, although you've lived there, do you identify as being Kiwi? I, it's, it's kind of funny because people tell me I can't because I've lived here my whole life and I get that, but I also just really love the culture there and I really just love a lot of things about New Zealand and it's such a wonderful place. So I definitely am like happy to have that be part of my childhood and part of what's like developed me. So I definitely still identify with it as in that it formed me as a person as well. So here's a little weird question that not everybody will understand. Do you like rugby? 
I, so I don't really know much about rugby, but I really like hakas, which are, I don't know if you know what hakas are, but. Uh, I, I, I like rugby, so I, I know what a haka is. Yeah, so the, so haka is like, a, I don't want to like get this wrong, but I think it's like a, a dance at the beginning of rugby games that the All Blacks, the New Zealand team does, which is based off of like an indigenous war dance. And they're very cool. So you should look them up. They're really awesome. So yeah, they're, they're intense. And then they're the only team that's allowed to do this. And it's not expropriation because most of the team are actually of Polynesian descent. So people, it's, it's cool to see and it's intense. Like, and, and because of this, this the the football or or rugby society, they said that they can do this ceremonial dance because it's part of sport in that country. Yeah. Maori culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they're like, and so the other team just has to sit there and watch. Like, yeah, they can't and it's even very, oh, it's very intimidating too. And it's, yeah. but it's, it's beautiful that I love, I love hawkers. So that's as much as I know about rugby. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also a bunch of 300 pound dudes who can run like the wind. So <laughs> like, there's other reasons to be afraid too. Okay. Wow. That's cool. Okay. So you've been in Canada for uh, 11 years. Let's come back to, we'll come back to the rest of your story. Mm-hmm. Larry, I want to get you in. So I, you do not have to have that big of a background, but tell us about yeah. sort of your upbringing. upbringing. That, okay. By the way, I've never, that's, inc- that's insane. That, that, was, that was a lot of moving and we'll dissect all that. I know, I was time. Like, that must be really cool because I've always wanted to live somewhere else in another country, at least at some point in my life because I've always been here. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, but yeah, um, for myself, but so you're, I've Yeah, your, your grandfather just... Day. Yeah, your grandfather just had a birthday, and so mm-hmm. your all of your parent family lives here. But you referred to him as your uh, abuelo, oh yeah, which so uh, that means you're Spanish descent. I am Argentinian on both oh. sides. Uh, so what happened was that both my parents came here with their families when they were children, and then they met here later uh, in their lives, and then they had me. So. It's Do you have nice. any siblings? Do you have any uh, siblings? Yeah. I, have, I have two younger sisters, uh, but and okay. my parents had me pretty young. So it's really nice because I feel like I've gotten, been able to know my grandparents and my abuelos like, much more in depth than other people may have been just because there's less of an age, diff- not uh, less of an age difference, but more time that they're still young enough for me to be with them and be able to communicate with them and so this really is nice this, having the spanish upbringing I've, this I, is this is sorry to interrupt this is one thing have you ever talked to them you, maybe you have or do you know why your parents came because depending oh. on when they came they, there was an interesting thing happening in argentina at that part of yeah, they came the world in, too um, they came in the late 80s both of them yep. uh because of the economy was just tanking and things have been getting progressively worse there in terms of crime especially now with covid uh, and so I have a lot of family back there that we still talk to. Uh, How often have you been to Argentina before? Since? Um, only once when I was three or four, but my mom is very hesitant to go back because she is a bit scared to go back just because I have very young sisters. Right. But I'd, I'd love to go back and see some of my cousins because I had cousins that used to be here but they got deported when I was eight so I haven't seen them oh wow since. yeah because yeah uh, you, you brought the, the entire family moved into Canada which is not it's not always easy to do right the, and when you think mm-hmm. about everybody getting there so well, so what so, my parents immigrated with their families just with their uh, siblings and my abuelos and so I already have all my aunts and uncles here because they were here from childhood right when they came with their families but usually what we would do is the men would go come to Canada for a year or two and work and raise money for the women to be able to come. And that's what happened with my mom's side of the family. Yeah. And it's cool that they met here, right? Again, so you got you, the people are fleeing that part of the world. I've been to Chile many times and I've never been to Argentina, but I have good friends there. And it was, it's that time period, like Argentina had like the, the, the best economy in South America. And then it just overnight just, and just tanked. <laughs> you tanked. Yeah. Like inflation, everything. It just became unlawful and weird. And do you, do you like soccer? Do you, do you watch football? Oh yeah. 
my, so I imagine my relatives cry when oh. <laughs> I, I've seen grown men cry over this. So yeah, I would say so. Because <laughs> it's also a very, very, uh, that's the big thing there. If people don't know, Argentina, of course, is a fantastic football country. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, as and... of late, it's been okay. In my, in my humble opinion, they rely too much on Messi to like do everything for everybody. But we're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> No, no, yeah, we could we could go on and on, and then you'd have more grand, grown men crying on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all right, so so okay, let's Larry, we're gonna stick with you. What um, where you went to high school somewhere in the city? Where where was that? I actually uh, kept moving north as I grew up. I've moved about seven times, and so I started in an apartment near Shepherd West, and now I'm in Schaumburg which I don't even know if you know where that is. I know where Schaumburg, but Schaumburg yeah. is like Highway 89 or something, isn't it? Like way- It's Highway 9 and Highway 27. What the hell are you living in Schaumburg for? Oh, uh, good mortgage. <laughs> yeah, so how, like but how do you commute to, to Ryerson when we had to commute? Uh, well, before I used to live in Kleinberg, so my commute would take about an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, I would drive to the subway station and then my mom works near the subway station so I could park my car for free and then I would just take the subway down from Bon Metro. Holy crap. Oh my okay, gosh. so and now it's so close, high, but yeah, I was going to say, how long is it going to be now? My abuelos live in Etobicoke and like okay. the very north part of Etobicoke. So uh, what I plan on doing once school opens back up uh, is to stay with them a few nights a week. And I honestly wow. won't mind it at all because since I've started university, I haven't been seeing them on the daily basis that I used to be when I was younger. And so I would honestly really enjoy being able to come home and to their house like a couple nights a week because I just have been missing them, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, I mean, I think we're finding a lot of things that we lost and new habits that, that we would care to want to embrace moving forward. So, so that's cool. Okay. So what, uh, when did you know you, you know, so when, did, okay. So high school, let's go back to wherever your high school was. When did you find out that you wanted to go into biomedical sciences or when did you fa fall in love with that as a subject? Oh, Miss Chinelli, grade 12 biology class. Miss uh, Janelli? We're just going to give that. Chinelli. Yeah. Um, okay. We're giving Miss Chanelli a little shout out here right now. Mm -hmm. She obviously inspired a lot of people. Okay. Tell us uh, about it. So I really didn't know what I wanted to do in high school. I was leaning towards a lot of different things because I have a lot of different interests. And I've always been the kind of jack of all trades type of person. So I was really lost on what I wanted to do. But then I kind of got a feeling that I wanted to do something in healthcare and I just wanted to be able to find the best possible way that and most efficient way that I could help people directly and then I was thinking okay well I can be a nurse uh then I can directly care for patients yada 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 and I was actually accepted to Ryerson's nursing program and then a month before I had to make my final decision I was like you know what I feel like I'm limiting myself and I could be a doctor if I wanted to. I just don't want to go through the extra work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to apply to bio at Ryerson, see if I get in. And then I ended up getting in, even though I submitted my application late. And yeah, and then I was Here in bio are. for a year and then I switched to biomed because I liked the courses more. How did, when did you know you when when did you know you wanted to go to Ryerson and what drew you to the to the university? Well, I no offense to York, but I didn't really I never really liked York. It always felt kind of big and cold and I felt the same way about UFT. But and you were always going to stay in Toronto. You weren't ever going to you weren't considering leaving the GTA. I considered going to McMaster's, but honestly it was just too expensive for residency and all that stuff. And I'd rather live at home as long as I can because med school is gonna take a little chip out of my wallet. Um, yeah. And so- I was just gonna say, you, you know, that York commute would be a hell of a lot shorter right now though. <laughs> I, I was actually considering it a while ago, but I, I like Ryerson too much. 
Okay, well, we're going to come back and talk about your program, but but Maureen, let's go to you. So, you, 2009, you come to Canada, you're still not a Canadian citizen. Uh, not that I'm holding that against you in any way. <laughs> I think that's an awesome story. Um, okay, so it's yeah, it's I weird because people don't expect that from you because it's just like, oh, there's this like white person who doesn't speak like an immigrant, and I'm like, yeah, I don't have a Canadian citizenship. They're like, who are you voting for? And I'm like, I can't vote yet. But this is so, but this is interesting because when you left New Zealand, the only Eng the only English speaking country that you lived in before Canada, like yeah. how come like seven you would still be living at home and dealing with mostly your parents and 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 some sort of Slavic language, I assume. So what? How, where did you learn English? Well, Johannesburg, like they speak English in Johannesburg too. It's an okay, so. it's like like well, the thing with south africa is that there's a lot of like different languages being spoken but english is one of like the languages so um, yeah i mean yeah. i kind of learned english and serbian although my dad will correct me say serbo croat because he likes to be inclusive because it's a very the language is really like so similar across like croatia bosnia and serbia even though nobody wants to discuss that um yeah. But my accent is Serbian, so that's why I call it Serbian. So, but um, yeah, no, I learned them kind of at the same time because my mom um, taught me Serbian and my like a daycare and things like that. I was learning English. So I pretty much both are kind of like my mother tongue. Okay. So, okay. So, okay. So coming back then, you're right. You don't have an accent. I could, I'd never picture. In fact, I still think you have a Kenyan passport. <laughs> so let's, let's, okay so, so you get here high school when did you decide that you wanted to go into biomedical sciences at Ryerson oh yeah that so the funny thing is I was listening to Valeria and I was like just relating to her so much because a lot of the stuff she said was just so like the same here so it'll be a bit repetitive but um a lot of parallels there's a lot of parallels, but um, yeah, so I went to, uh, for high school, I went to um, Ursula Franklin Academy, which is near High Park. Um, it's a wonderful high school. It's, uh, it's a, an alternative high school, and it's like a bit smaller, so it's like 500 students, and it's optional attendance. Um, what? Yeah, so you apply. Okay. Okay. So like, you know, like art schools and stuff, how you would apply there to go to high school. It's like the same thing, except it's, yeah, it's just an alternative school. And on Wednesdays, we had something called Wednesday sessions. So you don't have normal classes on Wednesdays. Instead, every month you pick these little clubs you want to be in on Wednesday through an online system. So I ran a, in grade 11 and 12, I ran in the afternoons, this session called Cinema Studies with one of my favorite teachers, which was a really great experience. And I really wanted to be a cinematographer, like that was my passion. But in grade nine, I was inspired by, and I'll do a shout out here because uh, we, we also called our teachers by their first names there. So uh, Yevgeny, um, who was this awesome physicist from, um, from Ukraine and he's also in the Toronto Opera um wow okay yeah <laughs> we all wanted we all used to bug him to sing to us and he said you'll have to pay to watch me perform um but he inspired me everyone was like sleeping during grade nine science and I was just so excited about all of all of what was going on there and that's when I sort of realized that science was like like um interesting to me um, so yeah, I took chemistry and physics and biology, and I really liked biology, but I also really didn't want to be a doctor because I was like, my mom wanted to be a doctor, and then she didn't end up going to medical school or anything, so I was like, I don't want to be a doctor because my mom wanted to be a doctor, and then I figured out in my own time that I wanted to be in healthcare. Actually, the movie Contagion kind of inspired me in terms of like epidemiology <laughs> and public yeah, health. I, just, I, I was just thinking weeks ago. Yeah, well, I, I was just you were kind of living that now, aren't we? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because so I watched that movie when it came out, and I thought it was so interesting because that's when I was first exposed to epidemiology, and I didn't have the word for it back then. I was like, I want to be the person in the hazmat suit who goes to a different country and studies an outbreak, and that's like kind of what an epidemiologist is. Mm -hmm. um, which I found out at Ryerson through a course I took. But yes, then I was kind of like, this is, this is kind of interesting, but also I want to like take care of people. And I like the idea of being a doctor because I've always like 
my GP is an amazing, inspirational person. So she also kind of inspired me. And then I had to make a decision in grade 12 when I was applying. And I kind of, my thought process was very weird. And this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but I also always wanted to be an astronaut. And I never really gave up on it because Roberta Bondar was a uh, neuroscientist or, and like a doctor. So she, and she went to space. Okay. So, <laughs> and Chris Hadfield went to space and he made a music video. So anyway, my goal is to become a doctor. And then, you know, that's like my dream and work with patients. And then eventually when I'm older, maybe I'll have enough money saved up that I can take a year off to make an independent film. And also I can apply to the Canadian Space Agency with an MD. <laughs> so those are probably so, so <laughs> this is this is really cool because I do think you see the thread. So one, you travel the world, you love the world, everything about the world. Now you want to see the world from space. You meet a physicist, and there's lots of physics on how you get to space. Um, and you've always wanted to shoot movies, so you'd really want to shoot one from space. And I'm going to give another shout out to Dr. Roberta Bondar because she's from Sault Ste. Marie, my hometown. Um, that's that's a that's a very tenuous connection. That that and interestingly enough, there's tons of science in cinematography because it's all about light and optics yep. and how we visualize things. And so I think that's that's really cool. Okay, so but you came to Ryerson. Mm -hmm. So explain that little, what was the, what specifically about Ryerson was it that drew you here? Well, it's kind of funny because it's like the same story. Um, I, so I have three little sisters and I didn't want to be a financial burden for my parents in terms of paying for residence. So I didn't consider schools outside of Toronto. Mm -hmm. Although if I wanted to go to a school outside of Toronto, it would have been McMaster for Life Sciences because they have a really cool <laughs> program. Yeah, they have a really nice program. <laughs> they do have a really nice program and they're not that far from Toronto. But anyway, I didn't apply there. I applied to York, U of T and Ryerson. And, or sorry, I didn't apply to York. That's a lie. I applied to U of T Mississauga, U of T St. George and Ryerson. I knew I didn't want to go to York because when I trained water polo when I was younger, we trained at the pool there. And I, again, same thing with the campus is kind of like, it's kind of like spread cool. out low, just kind of not bustling the way I would want it to be. Mm -hmm. It's nothing like not in Dundas or the SLC. Yeah, no, exactly. And I yeah. like being among so many people. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, how I decided between U of T and Ryerson, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy choice. I had two friends who were in U of T sciences and they said that um, that it was kind of unnecessarily difficult and I that, said that too it felt like it. yeah it felt like they weren't being set up to succeed and it wasn't the most supportive environment and mm -hmm. the like com sense of community between like students wasn't that great and that kind of made me sad because I've always been to small schools so I didn't really want to be thrown into like that kind of an environment. And then I looked into Ryerson's biomedical science and my boyfriend at that point had started at Ryerson because he was like two years older than me. And he's, he spoke well of it in terms of like the environment with regards to like, like students and the kind of sense of community there. So I knew Ryerson was a good option. And yeah, and then I just decided I want to go with Ryerson because <clears throat> because the biomedical science program looked very interesting and like the courses, I looked at all the courses. So, and I'm really happy I did because I made some amazing friends first year and I've had a pretty good experience so far. Awesome, awesome, very cool. Okay, all right, so back to you Valeria. There's so many things. I was actually gonna think, I thought maybe you, because of the cinematography, they have programs in theater here at Cinematography. Oh, they also have a thought, really good film program too. Yeah. yeah, that's why I thought maybe you were drawn to the film, that dynamic of maybe doing a double major or double <laughs> or something or a minor in, in film. Have you thought about that? I don't think it's actually an option. It's not really easy okay. to do. It's like, I've looked into taking film courses, but they kind of restrict them unless you're in film or like you can't take them through open electives really or through mm -hmm. liberals. So it's kind of impossible. If you if you're interested in meeting adults and we're ever able to meet with people again, I have a, a really good colleague, Gerda um, Kamer. She's from uh, Belgium originally, but she she's actually Prophet Ryerson and she's in FCAD and she does documentary film. Oh, that's so, awesome! So I could always introduce you to her when we're back to normal, and and you could go and 
pick her brain about everything, not That's just awesome. that. Because she's been trying to do some cool um, science connecting cinematography Ooh. work as well, documentaries, because it's not really her strength, but she really is mm -hmm. very interested in, you know, the environment and, and mm. things like that that really matter. And so she's trying to find new ways to engage. So maybe maybe that's an option that's awesome we'll documentary filmmaking is very very cool because you have to string a story from like real life you don't get to just script it you know so i find it very fascinating that's very cool i i find that we've got a couple of fascinating stories here that we i think that we can script <laughs> and, and, be, and the fact that you guys have very similar you know you know at some point in your in your lineage you, you have this southern hemisphere connection right really family-based uh interesting how people come together to produce you um anyway i find this very very fascinating okay so let's talk about the journey at ryerson so far valeria how is it going where are you at and uh, what, what concerns you moving forward in the next couple of years what concerns me moving forward the next couple of years is obviously if i want to become a doctor i need to have my gpa up to get into med school but so far it's been more or less good what I think has been the biggest obstacle is the pressure that I've put on myself to do something all the time, especially last semester, uh, the first semester of during, during second year. I took, you're going to think I'm insane. I took seven courses. Yep, I insane. worked 20 hours a week. And then I also volunteered. And then I also where, tried to keep an active social life. Where where did you where did you work for twenty hours a week? I worked at Starbucks. It was great. Okay. <laughs> I really liked my I love I loved my coworkers there, and the customers were either nice, or if they were mean, it was honestly really funny to me. And that, no, it's it's cool. I mean, you need, you need a job to do twenty hours a week. You need a job that would be flexible, right? Like, that's what I was just mm -hmm. wondering. So what where where was that job? Okay, so seven courses. How did you, did you, did you, you sound like you may have got burnt out a little bit? No? Oh, completely. <laughs> I, by the end of it, I was not doing well at all. And it was really hard. Uh, first year, I just did my five courses and then maybe a little bit of volunteering on the side, but I didn't work and I only really started working in the summer. So I wasn't putting that much pressure on myself, but after first year, I, I looked at myself and I was like, well, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Let's do as much as possible because I just didn't feel like I was amounting to enough. And that was definitely a self-confidence thing. Um, but especially in the last semester that just passed, I've learned to pace myself and to do more things that bring genuine happiness to me. Like I quit my job and I started dancing and I joined choir because I just hold music and anything like in art related to music very dear to my heart. And I wanted to involve myself in it more and I didn't know why I wasn't. But yeah. Um, you gotta be careful with choir though. Choir is one of those, that's how they, that's how this virus spreads so fast, right? <laughs> like <laughs> both in Seattle or Washington state in Calgary, like sure, within a 90 minute choir, for, for one was a church, one was a choir, like 80% of the room had COVID, right? Cause you're just right. belting out like, essentially virus oh um, and but yeah uh, and, the one thing that i might have left out is that i did research i've been doing research since last summer with uh costin antonescu at his cell biology lab and that's been super interesting for me uh sadly i can't do that this summer or even in the, in the fall so of course costin is a friend of the pod we have an interview with him who just aired if, if people um, want to know more about the research you were doing. But yeah, I feel like I have a lot of good friends at Ryerson. Maybe just like three, four people that I always talk to, that I always connect well with, and that are we're just so supportive of each, of each other while we're getting through the sludge of midterms. <laughs> Me and my friend Kiki, we always joke that we make up an entire brain between the two of us because we just help each other out so much. And yeah, it's, it's nice. And I feel like Ryerson is a very supporting community that really wants you to succeed. And if it's the same Kiki that I know, she's listening <laughs> to this pod right now. So hopefully she'll hear this and we'll give her a shout out. Mm -hmm. um, 
big Greek like last name that I, that I that I wouldn't be able to pronounce even if I saw it on the screen, which I'm looking at it right now. Kiosideris, oh, is that? Yeah, yeah. It's Vasiliki. Uh, Vasiliki Kiosideris. Yeah, Kiosideris. Okay, good. Yeah, there we go. We, I always like to practice names, by the way, because when I see your names, like Marina's name is super easy. Not, not, and we talked about this in the previous podcast. It's easy to remember too. But whenever, you, whenever I'm learning people's names, mm -hmm. I try to read them out loud. But if I make a phonetic mistake while I'm marking quizzes, because that's how I remember them, I keep reading the name out loud, mm -hmm. that eventually I will just make up your name, whatever I think it is. And it doesn't matter how you pronounce your name, you're done. That's who you are to me. It's kind of like a, um, Harry Potter. So Hogwarts, um, reading the Harry Potter books before the movies, I always read Dumbledore not Dumble, our Dumbledore is Dumbledore. I don't know. There's no F. I don't know why I did that. That's <laughs> what I got in my head. Anyway, so when, my last name? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, oh, okay. I'm talking about, I'm talking about just, no, not your last name. Okay. Uh, but I'm just generally people's last names who are mm -hmm. hard, like that are phonetically hard. And so I don't even try to say it out loud because I know that I'll be embarrassed because I've memorized it wrong, even though. So okay. how do you say your last name, Valeria? In English, it's Vilalba, but in Spanish, the two L's make a Y sound. The, so it's uh, Yalba. Yalba. Okay. That's good. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, and is, uh, you always used to sit beside Helen Spencer too. Is that just because you yeah. like that same oh my space? God. No, I love Helen. Okay. I was just wondering in your friend's friend circle, if, if I remember correctly, where they sat. See, look how, look how, look how, look at that memory. It's good for a brain actually to try to remember what it's saying. Okay. Awesome. So, okay. So you're concerned about your marks. It sounds like you're trying to find that balance. Um, mm -hmm the COVID thing must have been pretty convenient for you then because it forced you to find that balance. Yeah, actually, it, it really forced me to slow down like I haven't in years, really. So um, it's been really odd to just be sitting at home, especially because I'm such a social person. I always yeah. have something planned with friends at least like maybe three to four days of the week, even if it's just studying. So to be taken out of that and to be forced to be in my own company was very eye-opening and that it forced me to become comfortable in my own company and uh, and your sisters <laughs> yeah. well yeah they wake up pretty late so you and I always wake up pretty early so I usually have like half the day just to myself nice uh but, nice. but are, so are you would you consider yourself in? closer to them as of late would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Ambivert, because I do need my time alone to recharge, but um, being around people does make me very happy, especially if it's the people that love and that I care for. And so you mentioned dancing earlier. Is it the tango with your Argentinian background? Uh, no, I do love a good salsa, but I used to be a competitive dancer from the time I was three and then I quit when I was 16 because of school so that was a big part of my life for a really long time and I found myself really missing it and I wanted to pick it back up so I found a studio near Ryerson and I just did it because I didn't know when else I would get the opportunity to if I didn't do it now. So, so wait a minute, you dance alone or you, it is it you are doing the salsa with some the other day? There's people with you or are you just dancing? Oh, uh, I go to a studio and I take uh, classes. Okay. Or that's what I was doing. Cool. No, that's You both have this art, really strong artistic background, like the idea that you like to like that, you know, from both of your upbringings. Mm -hmm. So Marina, let's talk, let's talk about your story here. How's it going so far at Ryerson and, and sort of what concerns you moving forward? Well, I'm uh, definitely learning a lot about Valeria here, who I never talked to yeah. at university, but we seem to have a lot of similarities here. So we're going to have to... Because I see you all the time, and I know who you are. Now. Yeah, it's like we, and, and the funny thing is, I feel like, I feel like me and my friends have always been the loud ones in um, lectures, so we, we worry that people think we're really obnoxious, but we're just, like, having a good time, and we just, we are open to anyone coming and sitting with us, and also, like, yeah, anyway, so, <clears throat> yeah, so first year, I had to take two physics courses, which, it wasn't, wasn't, uh, I've never been great at physics. My dad is amazing at physics, which is really frustrating because he tries to explain things to me and it just doesn't get into my head. Like I, cause I keep asking why, why though? And he's like, it just is. And I'm like, don't say that. Um, like, uh, like the equal and opposite reaction, the force, 
I'm the reactive force. I'm like, but where does it come from? Like, is there something with regards to like, you know, like what's happening there? Where's this force coming from? And my dad's like, I can't explain that to you. Just accept that there is a force. And I'm like, ah, so that's why I hated physics. I get but that. then by second semester of physics, I actually learned, uh, how to do physics, which was not to question as much and to just practice more problems. And I kind of enjoyed it, like reluctantly started to enjoy solving problems. But um, that was the biggest struggle of first year, I would say, with regards to school. Um, and it was and because of Evgeny. Don't forget about Evgeny. Another shout out to Evgeny right now. <laughs> he, would, uh, he would be proud of me for having done two physics courses. But um, yeah, so I think... I think having to take certain, like, like biomed, and I think other programs at Ryerson, they require a lot of courses. They have a lot of required courses. And even though there's been courses that I've uh, struggled with initially, the journey of learning how to do something you're not comfortable with has been really rewarding. So organic chemistry did not come naturally to me. I was not really, it wasn't really going well for me for like the first third of the course and by the end it was going swimmingly somehow I didn't know how and I was so confused as to where that improvement happened but that sort of experience has been really rewarding um, because you know I've learned not to limit myself in terms of what I'm capable of understanding and doing and it's probably because you had a fantastic professor <laughs> that certainly helped and I was and I, I would just like to say that it's pretty incredible that you remember all of our names yeah. still because there was how many of us in that class like so many people 330 I, that's, I don't I don't know everyone's name so I just I know a lot but I don't know everyone's name actually I'm looking up your marks I right mean, now I'm just curious <laughs> <laughs> while you're saying this, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna see where how it ended up and where it, where. It, yeah, it definitely like took an uphill turn. Um, mm -hmm. I that's that that's funny that Valeria Valeria says she worked at Starbucks. I worked at Starbucks uh, last summer, and I quit before the school year started because I knew I wasn't capable of doing that with five courses. Uh, so I feel like I've, I learned my limits earlier from burning out, like at other points in my life, mm -hmm. but I completely understand the pressure of being a, like a pre-med quote unquote, which is a funny word because you don't know you're going to get into medical school. So that's kind of, but yeah, just this whole pressure of, you know, keeping your marks up, even if you're taking a course <clears throat> that you're not really great at. And then what happens is that, you know, instead of just enjoying the learning process, which I, I really do love learning things mm -hmm. instead of enjoying it you put so much pressure on yourself that it becomes painful which is really not great and then you also sort of neglect all of these things that oh. you know all of your hobbies and just things you love doing and then you just feel like you're becoming more and more one-dimensional and it and it really sucks and I kind of re-evaluated this year as well in terms of um deciding to spend more time doing things that I wanted to do just for myself like hobbies mm -hmm. and that's been really rewarding <clears throat> but yeah that whole like it's really not easy to be to want to go to medical school it's a it's a lot of work I'm currently studying for the MCATs I don't know if you are Valeria if you're going to take them this year uh no because I instead I took uh, some summer courses and I'm gonna uh, just focus on getting better at music because I don't know when else I'm going to have this much time yes. to improve any skills like that. Yep. That's uh, so awesome. Because, like, I, my thing was I, I decided to take them this year. That way, if I mess up, I can take them again next year, next yeah, summer. Least, Although, hopefully right. that doesn't happen. Next year and fourth year. Sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, no, no. Because it's so expensive, I really hope I don't have to take them again. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of – it can really get – you really have to like find time for things you enjoy. Otherwise, I really, it really gets depressing to just constantly be, be putting so much pressure on yourself and constantly be questioning whether this thing that you want to do so badly, this thing that you're so passionate about, whether you're not going to even get the chance to do that because the wrong person looks at your application or, and the pressure that everyone else around you also has high marks and is also doing this thing and that thing. They have a good resume too. And it's like, you start to feel like you're not an individual anymore because nothing you achieve 
matters because everyone else has also achieved it, which is really messed up because we're achieving a lot and we should be proud of ourselves. But yeah, it's, it's not an easy um, goal to aspire to for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I, and I just want to, I want to just, in case you, in case something happens in the upcoming years and we don't get a chance to talk about it, I also want you to think about, you don't have to be a doctor to make that, that doctor that you have in mind to be, make those same impacts. Like you could go on to graduate school and, and find the cure for many diseases. And Mm. while you're not dealing with patients on a daily basis, you get to deal with amazing people. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think like if impact and human health is what you want, it doesn't have to be through a doctor patient interaction, right? It could be, it could be through the, what's happening off camera. If, if you will, yeah. <laughs> for that cinematography yeah. sort of example. And because a lot is being done and that's where the real cures and discoveries are being made and you could make a big impact. And so don't, don't see this as a potential thing where you're, you're, you're working towards a potential failure. See, is it I mean, just <laughs> keep your, keep your options open because there's right. so many things you can do. Definitely. I wouldn't want to limit myself in any regard, which is why I wanted to volunteer in research to see if I would be interested in it to, um, because I, I think that you can definitely limit yourself in the things that you can do just by regard of you not allowing yourself to do it or to yeah. want it. And I really, um, like what you said before, like about, that whole thing about self-worth and pressure because it all com- amalgamates into how you view yourself and then how mm-hmm. you approach other situations. And I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling, but. No, it's, it's, your, it's sharing your feelings, right? This mm-hmm. is, this is, plus we can also cut out spaces and pauses. So go nuts. <laughs> what was the original question you asked so I can get back on topic? No, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, I was about to change questions. We were just finishing up the idea about, you know, the pressures that you feel because you both feel them. And it's, that's, that's the rawness that we like to share here because everyone's do feeling it. Like some people look so composed. So Marina, for example, you might, someone sees you from a distance and thinks, oh man, that, that woman, and not even knowing that you don't have a passport. <laughs> I keep blowing up. But uh, no, but like, I do. I have New Zealand it, passports can get you no, anywhere. That's true. That's true. But I mean, but a lot of people might look at you from a distance and think, wow, that girl's got it all together. And she's so popular and happy and, and bubbly and shit. Like, my life sucks. Like, and yet you are going through those same things, the same that everybody else is going through. Right. Yeah. I've had people directly tell me, Oh, you seem like you have your life so together. You yep. And then it just makes me feel like, then it just gives you such imposter syndrome because you're like, well, uh, actually, I don't belong here. <laughs> ugh. I know I can yeah. a very common feeling, especially with uh, science students. I completely understand that. And it's funny because I have had someone tell me like recently, oh, you always seem like you have your life together. I feel like I couldn't be friends with you because I'm such a wreck. And I'm like, oh my God, I have such bad anxiety. I'm constantly falling apart. I'm, you know, like not actually because somehow I keep it all together, like for the outside world, but that's not what's happening in like behind the scenes. Right. And I have so much social anxiety, but I guess my weird response to that is to babble which makes me seem extroverted, but I'm just really anxious, so I'm talking a lot. I would have have thought that you were just extroverted just from seeing you in class. (laughs) And that's funny because the thing is that I, the friends I made in first year, and like one of them is is someone that I sat with in um, organic chemistry, and he's such a great friend. His name is Sam. You might remember him. He has curly hair. Samuel Dreyf. Um, Dreyf. Oh, I say that. He's, he's such a lovely human being, and unfortunately, he's in biology, so we don't have as many courses mm-hmm. together, but I feel like like the transition from high school to university just made me more confident because I became friends with people who I, whose company I like enjoyed so much, and that made me more comfortable in being open and extroverted, and it made Ryerson feel like a safe place for me to like approach anyone. So that's been a lovely experience, but in terms of, yeah, not limiting yourself, just to respond to that, I'm applying to, which I would equally love to do, mm-hmm. I'm applying to a um, epidemiology master's, and the one Ooh. I'd like to go to is at um, U of T's Dalalana School of Public Health, and the way mm-hmm. I found out about this was through an awesome faculty member, Dr. Jordan Tustin, who is an epidemiologist, 
and she taught me epidemiology in first year and so that's kind of like my another thing I'd like to do and I'm also currently like this semester was uh, working with Dr. Gagan Gupta in his lab on a uh, polycystic kidney disease project which is very interesting and I find research as I think the person who inspired me this year was Dr. Uh, Botello. Um, he was he was an amazing professor and I think I he really inspired me with regards to research and just like the journal articles we had to read the labs we did and mm -hmm. on that level of like like protein interactions in the cell so I'm also exploring that and it's I'm really enjoying the research aspect as well I think the only thing that lacks there for me and I think you're right that there is that human interaction with mm -hmm. you know your other lab mates but I think that there's still a lack of like that sort of patient interaction that like on the ground sort of interaction with the person who you're impacting mm -hmm. I really sort of crave that yeah. human connection so I don't know if that will prevent me from enjoying a research job or even an epidemiology job as much because you don't always go into communities as an epidemiologist there's a lot of like stats work behind the scenes as well I mean I felt the exact same way uh that's actually where I lost my train of thought before and then you just plucked that from my head or something. Uh, <laughs> I think that I would enjoy research to an extent, but I do really, even in everyday scenarios with random strangers, I really crave like little interactions and little meaningful interactions with other people because that's part of what it means to be human is to connect with other people and to help each other out and to share your experiences. And I feel like being in medicine and being able to directly help and treat people would just be so fulfilling. And I and I hope you guys get there. I I, I mean I, I think it'd be great to have doctors like you. I mean I, I don't go to the doctor very often, but I think the, the care that that I've just expressed, I think we'd have really good side conversations. <laughs> that would really happen. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, and I was also thinking that a hazmat suit is very much like an astronaut suit. So yep. <laughs> I wonder if that's any connection to, <laughs> okay, so let's do something. This is good. This has been awesome, but we're running out of time, but I do want to do some okay. lighthearted stuff okay. to, to, to get to know you a little bit better. So Blair, we're going to start with you. What do my peers know least about me? And obviously something you want to share. By the way, we just learned a ton about you. So you're going you're to have to struggle. <laughs> yeah, <I'm thinking. laughs> I have, both my eardrums have ruptured. Wow. Yeah. Wow. At Ow. the same time or on two different occasions? Uh, one when I was 11, one when I was 17. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it, that sounds like sure. it hurts. It does at the time, but I had a great little surgeon patch it up for me. One is still open because I don't want to like muffle my hearing with any scar tissue because that's what happened in one year. But yeah, I feel like if anybody didn't know anything about me, it would be that because sometimes I like my friends know my friends walk on my left side so that I can hear them more clearly. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, nobody would ever guess just by looking at me. So I think that would be a good thing to say. Yeah. Wow. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So Marina, what about you? What, what fact do I do my colleague or peers know least about me? Um, well, I don't know if people don't know this about me. Well, probably not because I never talk about it, but I really love poetry and I dabble a little. I, uh, wrote a lot of poetry growing up and I still am writing poetry and actually there was this cool magazine that some Ryerson students started called The Continuist and um, they published you poems there and you can I, I think you can check them out also because there's some awesome artwork that Ryerson students have done in there if you like uh, photography and poetry so that's uh, something different about me, I guess, because you don't expect science students to be good at writing. I, I don't know if I'm good at writing, but I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's the, what that's what I wouldn't expect science students to be. They could be good at it, but they may not enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so. I be bad at like social interaction, <laughs> if anything. But why? You guys are science students. Why are you? And we're having a great chat right I'd now. I expect engineers to be bad at it. Yeah, I, I do. That's a, that's for sure. <laughs> no, we're just classy. We're just generalizing everybody. <laughs> All right, so Leia, back to you. What famous person, current or otherwise, would you most like to go to dinner with and why? 
Ooh, I might need a second to think about that. All right. Marie, Marie you think you got that answer? Oh my gosh. This is so difficult. There's I just, I don't know, it's like, just, which. Just today, what pops into your mind, first thing? It Wait, are they alive or are they dead? They could be either. Oh, God. Well, I guess okay, they can't honestly, be Honestly, this is so lame, but what, like, this is so lame, but what pops into my head, and I think Buzz Aldrin passed away quite recently, but Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> because yeah. I just think it's I think uh, I really love history and I think it's just so incredible to have had that experience and and he's not the like the well even even worse there's like the third guy that nobody knows but um yeah Neil Armstrong Buzz Aldrin and who was the other guy who actually the drove the boat guy. yeah <laughs> I know and he, I don't think he was able to leave and actually step onto the moon which I think I think so but anyway that would just be very cool and also just what it's like to be um the second you know face of of it like not Neil Armstrong like you're not the number number one so to speak I don't know it's very interesting because those missions are extremely complicated like all of the things that go wrong that they fix on and just anyone working in mission control it's so fascinating the mm -hmm. they had so many issues landing and that mission almost completely went wrong and almost every mission has like has been almost derailed but just the genius of um of people in mission control and the astronauts has just kept those um kept things on track yeah and i just looked it up so that we don't miss out it's neil armstrong <laughs> buzz aldrin and michael collins everybody and oh michael, michael collins, collins. and that's a that's a name that because there's a michael collins in irish history too right there's the that was a movie called michael collins but it wasn't the same michael collins for those of you who were listening anyway yeah he doesn't get enough credit because he was probably driving that boat <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but but he didn't step on the moon Maybe Leia, I should change my answer to Michael Collins. <laughs> 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 you got to watch everybody do it. Oh, <laughs> he was gosh. doing the filming. Imagine if he was the filming guy. You could be the same. All right. Valeria, who would you like to go for uh, dinner with and why? Um, I think I gave this a bit of thought. And I at first I was going to say maybe one of my favorite musicians. But I think I would choose my great grandma, uh, my abuela Dolly, because uh, I was fortunate enough to know her because again my parents had me young and she would come every summer from Argentina and stay with us for the summer and I think because I was so young I was never really able to get to know her life properly and I would really enjoy just hearing about what she would have to say um, and to know more about her just to get yeah. to know her as much as I could have or to I wonder like what she would think of me now yeah mm -hmm. well I'm sure she'd be quite proud and I also think yeah. that 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 the history of Argentina would be a really that, like the uh -huh. entire history of that person who lived that long there would just be incredible like it's been people don't we only talk about South America very much but the history of South America having yeah. been there several times is so rich and so colorful is a bad word but um but has been really is and to think of all the beautiful things that have come from south america that have impacted the modern world that we don't even give credit to right but yes. yet they 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 dominate pop culture in a lot of ways so uh, that's cool that's a great person i would have picked my grandfather as well let's go to the next question then back to you marina complete the sentence if i was not a student at ryerson i would like to be oof if I was not a student at Ryerson, I would like to be a film student at Humber College. And that makes sense based on the desire to uh, <laughs> do some of All right, what about you, Valeria? If you were not a student at Ryerson, you'd like to be? Probably, I, I love school, so I'd probably, <laughs> I, I honestly, I love school and I love learning. So I'd probably be a student in some sort of psych or, uh, yeah, I'd really like psych because I've always just loved neuroscience in the brain. And I was really seriously considering that. Uh, so maybe either psych or social work. Very cool. You definitely want to interact with people and make a difference in their life. And that's why your great grandmother would have been proud. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, let's, okay. One more question, I guess, in the interest of time, what piece of advice would you give your second year self recognizing you're only in third year? So if you were to start all, if you, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? So Marina? 
Well, I would say I really kind of burned out a little bit this year. So I would have told myself to not, you know, lose sight of the things that make me who I am and that that extends beyond my academic pursuits Mm -hmm. um, to things that I just love doing and things that, you know, I'm passionate about, whether that's poetry or cinematography or baseball and just sort of focusing on what makes me happy as well and like prioritizing that as well because you know those things can always take a back seat and we put them in the back seat until we're either miserable or we've forgotten what makes us who we are you know mm-hmm. i completely agree in fact that's one of my favorite quotes from a garth brooks song interesting enough but the idea being don't let the world change you right don't yep. let the world take away those things that make you who you are or who you want to be yep mm-hmm. awesome Valeria, what piece of advice would you give your second year self i guess very simply to just take care of yourself i think that it's really imperative that if we want to be able to help other people or even just be kind to other people that we need to be kind to ourselves first 100 (laughs) percent if you aren't being kind in the way that you treat yourself or in your self-care then how do you expect to have the energy to be able to do the same for others or to be a pleasant person to be around because honestly I became so irritable because I was always so stressed out and it made me act in ways that I don't like and I, I, I wouldn't want to do that again if I could start over. I like awesome. the quote that you can't pour from an empty cup. I was thinking about that. That's a that's a thing that some like yoga girl that I follow on YouTube always says. Like I love uh, that. She says, fill your own cup so it can overflow and pour into others. I also love yoga. So we also have that in common as well. <laughs> Actually, I'm writing that list shit down right now. Because that, that was one of my uh, questions I forgot to ask about your favorite quote. But you just, you just sort of said that. So <laughs> we don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Ladies, this has been fantastic. I, again, you don't get a chance to get to know people and their story when you're in a classroom. Mm. And this has given us an opportunity to share our stories. And as it's been in the previous interviews, I've just learned so much. I've got two pages of notes. I've been taking notes wow. the entire time. That's why. And you guys, and I was thinking for a while, I was like, shit, why don't you guys do your own podcast and put on my, <laughs> my pod thing? And you guys could go and just have a conversation. In fact, that might be two things that we're playing around with on the pod that any of our listeners, if they're yeah, in the student curious. One, student-led panel, like I like that idea, but also we're talking about now interviewing parents with their kids. Wow. Because, because parents are one of those forgotten community members that we that support our students, that, that mm-hmm. push our students to do certain things in some regards, but also they're, they're not there, but they're there. And we yep. forget about that. And so, just to hear their journey and like, imagine, you know, how did your parents fall in love? Like I could have went with either of that and, and asked your parents those questions, right? Like <laughs> it may wait, weird you out a little bit, but I would love to know like how you came to not technically how you came to be, but what brought you to us the way you are. Right. Like, and you only get that from parents. And so, and that perspective would be interesting. So that, that these are things we're thinking about doing on the pod. We're going to start pod, like doing different things, but anyway, if you guys ever want to run your own pod and air it on our program, by all means, that we'd sounds, be happy to host you. That sounds <laughs> awesome. I would love to talk to Valeria more. Yeah, honestly, send me your Instagram or your number or something. And I, I will. You guys, you guys have your emails on the same invite from this. We also this do have the Ryerson email. We can go the old-fashioned way. Oh, true. Yeah, the old-fashioned way. You mean we're not going to TikTok our way through this? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, anyway. I, we're now getting silly. So, um, but I did want to thank you for spending your time with us this morning. Um, and I really did. I, I loved doing this. This has been just a wonderful hour, I think. So thank, thank you very much. Yeah, it was awesome to get to talk, uh, frankly, with a member of our faculty. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity and for being interested in people's stories. It's all about the people. And every most everybody who participates in this podcast says the same thing. And I would, you guys mentioned Roberto Botello, another shout out to 
to Bobby B, as I like to refer to him. Um, but uh, he, his podcast just aired last week too. And that's, that was his take home message too. It's, this is all about people. Mm-hmm. I think it's been great in facilitating connections between people, even now, just like with me and Marina, like I never would have known any of these things about her or known that we had so much in common because I just didn't ever talk to her because I had my friends and she had hers. So I didn't like in class, there's, it's once you find your people, it's kind of like difficult to branch out. But I'm, well, I think we get too comfortable. Yeah. We oh, get yeah. too comfortable and lazy. And I think that's what it is. It's not about, and I can't anymore. Racking. I, yeah. And also yeah. you can't. I can't anymore because all of my friends are not in my program. So, and all the classes are just biomed classes now. So, uh, so it sounds anyway. like you're going to need a new lab partner. That's what I'm hearing. Yes, I do. I really do. <laughs> so if anyone's looking for a lab partner, Maria I Music. I am everybody. here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. I will leave it there. Thank you so much again. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And uh, we will do this again soon. Yay. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.